1981, the world was introduced to a new badass action hero, Snake motherfucking Pliskin, in Escape from New York, one of John Carpenter's masterpieces. And then, in 1996, Snake came back in Escape from L.A., John Carpenter's only sequel, admittedly not as good as the first, but then again, that is a tough act to follow. Today, we're going to dive into Escape from L.A., an admittedly under, misunderstood film that is pretty dated, pretty cheesy, but a great deal of fun. And let's get into it. I'm Connor Zagari. I'm Austin Johnson. Welcome to Filmgasm. This is our connector to Exorcist 2 on the theme of just doing a sequel to one of our past episodes. What, in what other situation are we going to are we going to get to revisit Snake Plissken? So, exactly. Escape from LA. Seemed the logical choice. Yeah, and I had never seen it, so. Yeah, this was your first time with Escape from LA and you fucking loved Escape from New York. Yes. So, adore it. Yeah. What was your what was your thoughts on uh going back to Snake? <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, immediately the opening credits are like chilling and get you. Oh, it's fucking just, badass! <laughs> just get you amped, and you kind of, <laughs> kind of immediately put back in that world. You know. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty crazy. You know, I just, there's just a smile on my face as I talk about it because there's a smile on my face when the movie started. I can't deny like the emotions and or feelings. I don't know what it is that I get from this character and this world and this music and John Carpenter's directing and. Uh, of course, yeah, Escape from New York appeared in my top 10 80s list. That's just one of the most kick-ass movies of all time. Um, I I just think this this world is uh, one of the best. You know, it's like one of my favorite, like, you know, sort of like, you know, post-apocalyptic type, type you know, worlds. I, I, I love going there, and I love the, like, kind of bleak, bleakness of it, and I love Snake. I absolutely love Snake. You know, Kurt Russell, we talked about, uh, you know, 15 years apart, but he looks the exact same. Uh, you said he, like, fits in the same It's the costume. same. And the uh, When you first see Snake, he's wearing the costume he was wearing when he got out of New York at the end of the first one. It's the same prop, same so cool. wardrobe. Kurt Russell had it in his closet, and it still fit. Because yeah. Kurt Russell doesn't fucking age unless he wants to. Oh, man. <laughs> It's amazing. That's awesome. He looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he's great. And obviously the star of the film, you know. It's a it's a weird movie, but he's the one constant. Or like Snake's badassery never wavers. Makes it worth watching, yeah. for sure. And I think a lot of, uh, the biggest issue I think a lot of people have with this movie is it's exactly the same as the first one. Down yeah. to the same, you know, prepping to get the weapons, injected with some virus. You have a limited window to do this. And then, you know, the guy who runs this town, and then fighting that guy, and then Snake fucks it all up in the end. It's the same rhythm, it, like almost beat for beat. It's really kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But I just don't know, man. There's, I can't hate it. I can't neither hate can Snake. Neither, neither, neither can I. I refuse, yeah. I refuse to hate Snake. Yeah, that's I re- right. And I refuse to hate any movie he's in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there are, def- there are definitely problems with it. And like you said, just the redundancy of it might be, might just turn people off. And it, it admittedly turned me off, like initially just reading about it. And some people have just dogged it in the past. But I, yeah, I, I, from watching it, going through the full full length of it, the full like hour 40, I, yeah, I just, I don't agree. I think there are things here that are like really rewatchable and really funny. 
and then Snake is perfect like the whole time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I, th- I think it's worth our time. And it's an interesting connector. We didn't really know this, but like this and Exorcist Two are both looked at as just like. Waste not even close to the first yeah. product, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. But Exorcist 2 is far worse. When um, you've got two films like The Exorcist and Escape from New York, <coughs> making a sequel is next to impossible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Carpenter tried. John Borman didn't really try that hard. <laughs> Carpenter actually tried. And, yeah, the finished product is, is far from perfect, like, like you said, but it's still somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. This was my third or fourth time watching it, and, yeah, just... It's a ride. <laughs> to put it lightly, it's definitely, a ride. Definitely, it's definitely entertaining. That's that's true. No one, yeah, no one can say this film is boring. <laughs> so the film was written and directed by John Carpenter. Yes, co-written by Deborah Hill and Kurt Russell. Yeah, because Kurt Russell cares about Snake. If yeah. you asked him to do it now, he fucking would. Yeah, ah, God. in a heartbeat, he would do Escape 3, and I want it so bad. Now is the time. I know, right? With Halloween's success, now we need to start revisiting Carpenter with some care. Yes, agreed, mm. agreed. And it's time to do Escape from Planet Earth, or whatever they want to do. Yeah, Escape 3 could be the title of it. Just Escape 3. three. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even need to know what happens in it. Just put Snake in it. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. The Snake Escape. <laughs> snake Escape, Escape. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, Carpenter at the helm. Uh, Kurt Russell, of course. Uh, this is a very, very interesting cast. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen the film, you might not really believe that all these people are in the same movie in 1996. <laughs> uh, we got Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. I mean, come on. You know, this is a guy we both have a serious connection to because of his work with Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs, of course. Um, you know, the Coen brothers. He kind of pops up in everything we love. Like, yeah, he's just there. Always. He's also in like the string of comedies in the 90s, you know, like always popping up as crazy eyes, you know, for Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah, this this guy is great. And seeing him in this, I had no idea he was in it. This is great. That was that was great <laughs> to have him there. It's like, yeah, uh, he, he'll always be one of those guys because I watched Boardwalk Empire like when it was on HBO and I was just fascinated by like, that's the same guy, you know. It's like the only leading role he's ever had. I know. And he crushes it. I, like, I don't understand. The man's a chameleon. Have you ever watched uh, Horse and Pete? No. The show, Louis, Louis C.K. show that like happened before. I he, remember hearing about it, but I never watched it. Yeah, it was just 10 episodes. Oh, man. So good. Stupid Skimmy plays his brother in it. And, yeah, dude, it's, he's powerful in that. Peter Fonda? Yeah. Come on. Peter Fonda. As a weird L.A. surfer dude surfing garbage waves or something. I don't know. What in the hell? Peter Fonda. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Like, uh, absolutely insane. You know, uh, Cliff, Cliff Robertson, Uncle Ben. Oscar winner Cliff Robertson. Is, is the, you know, the president. Uh, that is just unhinged. A theological, like a, a crazy evangelical hyper-Christian president. Yeah. I like, mean, the scariest possible president, in my opinion. I agree. But, Yeah. Big change from Donald Pleasance, but still the same realm of dick. Yeah, like just yes, horrible leader, headedness. Yeah, uh, we also have uh, one of my you know personal favorite actresses, Pam Greer, oh, Jackie Brown. You know, I've talked about. I think I've talked about coffee here a couple times. Yeah, on the podcast, it is. She's awesome. Love her. Love everything she does. 
She's great. Uh, you know, this is right before Jackie Brown came out. And she's playing like a transgender pimp. Right? Yeah, yeah. God, it's insane. What the fuck is this movie? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you got Stacy Keach. Um, You've got Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I, 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 I've been waiting for that one. The Surgeon General <laughs> of Beverly Hills. This crazy, like, plastic surgeon psychopath. Yeah. That whole scene is so creepy. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. oh, man. just Yeah, the fact that BC's even here. Yeah, this cast is crazy. You know, I... You know, those names like just almost seem like they don't belong together in a film. And maybe they don't, but <laughs> but they they're here they're here together in this one. And my goodness, I, I don't know where else to begin other than you know, uh with the synopsis of this story. Yeah, buddy. Let's this this ridiculous, ridiculous story. <laughs> oh boy. Well, before we get into that, Escape from LA has a IMDB score of five point seven. Yes. Rotten Tomatoes score of 52%. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Here's your score of 39. This is not hey. a very liked film. It's no, a, no. It's pretty reviled. Yeah. It actually fits well in the like for a theme with uh, Exorcist 2. And um, it was a it was a huge bomb, too. It only grossed $25 million on a $50 million budget. Yikes. So this killed any hope for a part three. And even today, people still, you know, studios kind of sweat when they hear John Carpenter, which is weird. The guy never gets any respect. No. It's only about around like film buffs like us who really, you know, give this man his due. But yeah, the suits have never respected John Carpenter because he never brings in a profit. His films are always discovered 10 years after the fact. Shame. (laughs) If you want to hear more about John Carpenter, listen to our Escape from New York. Or our Halloween. Or The Thing. Yeah. Or Assault on Precinct 13. He comes up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna do them all yes we are so we begin with some narration from jamie lee curtis just like of course which is great which is great i (laughs) the the connection there obviously you know halloween and then escape from new york as well it's just it's just cool to see someone care clearly like you said it's like within his realm he has so much respect if carpenter calls you you answer the phone yeah well and they call him you know those people are like hey Jamie Lee's like, hey, man, what, what else? I bet you- the discussion to make Escape from L.A. was super brief with Kurt. Like, hey, you want to do another steak? Yes. Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> I, my suit still fits. I put it on every day. <laughs> I've been working out to make sure that it fits. Yeah. Hello, Kurt. Call me Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Snake is who he really is. Kurt Russell was the character. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the future. My God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So, on August 23rd, 2000, a Whoa. giant earthquake, the distant future of 2000, a giant earthquake, 9.6 on the Richter scale, destroys Los Angeles, cuts it off from the rest of the, of the United States. The San Fernando Valley is flooded. Now it's the San Fernando Sea. Yeah. <laughs> and Malibu to Anaheim is an island off the coast of the states. And, of course, this island is just... Left to its own devices. There's gangs all over the place. Reminds me of New York. And prior to this, an American presidential candidate, uh, played by Cliff Robertson, he's basically like, you know, your evangelical Pat Robertson, Jerry Falwell piece of shit. Yeah. He's an outspoken Christian theocratist. He made a doomsday prediction, said, you know, L.A. is a city of sin and it will be smited. And here we go. It's been smited. So... This guy wins the election through fear and a new constitutional amendment appoints him for life 
in office. What the fuck? Oh, this is a terrifying reality. This president declares all people not conforming to the new moral America laws that he set for the country. He banned smoking. He banned alcohol, red meat, owning firearms, profanity, non-Christian religions, and non-marital sex. Wow. And they're going to lose their citizenship and they're going to be deported to Los Angeles. It's, yeah, it's a prison island for non-desirables. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. And because of this, you know, ship them off, worry about them later, uh, they built a containment wall around it and it's just a dangerous place run by the gangs. But like New York, you know, it's got big wall, armed guards, watchtowers, and if you get sent to L.A., you don't get to come back. It's permanent exile. Thirteen years later, in the way distant future of 2013... I was letting you introduce him. Mr. Cuervo Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Cuervo Jones, motherfucker. He's Peruvian revolutionary, leader of the Shining Path. He seduces the president's daughter, Utopia, of course... And brainwashes her into stealing her father's remote control to the Sword of Damocles super weapon. It's a series of high-tech satellites that can destroy electronics anywhere on the planet. It's a giant EMP wave that can that basically gives the United States d- dominance over the entire planet. Sounds like vibranium. <laughs> the president threatens to use this to render enemies of America unable to function. And yeah, this is... Already just absolutely terrifying just by the way they portray future America. Yeah, yeah. Because this does not sound crazy anymore. Like, this could fucking happen in our lifetime. I know. I see that very easily happening, especially now with all the crazy shit that's happening. Some asshole makes a prediction like that and suddenly it all clears up. We're going to follow that guy. He's going to get like, he's going to be powerful. I don't like to think about that. So Utopia... Well, Donald Trump, a lot of his followers are people who are scared. Yeah, but he's too stupid to lead people like this. He's too stupid to have an agenda. He kind of just makes it up as he goes along. Uh, Exactly. I see... As, like, maybe cynical or conspiracy theorist this may sound, I could see Trump, you know... I, I think a lot of people would agree. I think you would agree with me that I think he's going to win the election the next one around. I don't like to think about that yet. I've got enough crazy shit to deal with right now. Agreed. But yeah, for, for conversation's sake, yeah, I think he's going to win. I meaning another four years, right? I think he would be the kind of president uh, because he does things on the fly. If there were to be someone to have a lifetime uh, role as president, it would be him. Nah, see, I think that there's enough people like you and me <coughs> in this country that we would never allow that to happen. That's what I thought when he like won. There's a difference between we have an asshole president and we have an asshole king. Dic- dictator. <laughs> Very big difference. Yeah, no, I just, I think that he, if there were a president, because of the way he operates and how ridiculous the people that follow him are and how scared they are of him and how fearful they are, you know? How fearful they are of someone like Bernie Sanders being in being in office. How scared they are of that. How scared people are of change, you know? Real change. Yeah. That's why people are, like, complacent or don't go vote or do this or that. And that's why Donald Trump is won. That's why he probably will win again against Biden. 
You know? mm. And I just, I think like during the next four year stint, like something that would cross his mind would be like, how could I push the law to be where I can do this again? You know what I mean? He like everything that he's done and everything that's happened in his, like his, since he's gotten elected since really like 2015, everything I've heard about him, in the news, I'm like, Oh no way. Oh no way. That'll come true. And it all has come true. And it's crazy, you know? And I'm not surprised by anything anymore. That's my point. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not surprised by anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had that kind of ridiculous reality. Especially, like you said, with what the weird shit that's going on with the coronavirus where people are just kind of already well unhinged. All right, tell you what. Right now, I'm going to worry about the plague. <laughs> Later on, I'll worry about the dictator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One I'm life-changing monumental crisis at a time, please. <laughs> Yeah, I. It's just it, it's interesting to think about, you know, because it's uh, because uh, because it's so scary, and you like see stuff in movies, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like wait a minute, that's kind of. I'm never gonna be able to watch this again now, because now I'm just gonna think like this. No, is gonna I mean obviously this is this is very extreme, and this guy is very you know he's 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 insane. See, and so about, is Donald Trump. Yeah, but the thing about Trump, at least I'm happy about, is he's not religious crazy yeah that's a good point great point he's just you know like he curses money too. crazy he, all he gives a shit about is he wants everybody to love him and he wants to get money i can work with that but the second he starts becoming like you know acting like he's god's chosen then get get scared <laughs> but hopefully we'll just let the crazy people think that and he doesn't he hasn't really made any effort to kind of embrace that yeah hopefully that that thought just passes his head and just goes you know because like you said it looks like he kind of goes with things on the fly and doesn't yeah. think a whole lot about what's happening so i don't know it's just crazy because yeah you like you you stop getting surprised by things when you like look you're like man like stuff in politics is just wild well thankfully uh like i said i don't have to worry about that right now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, I definitely think about the future, probably like those kinds of things. And I said, you know, I opened up saying this might be a little cynical and conspiracy theorist. It is. I'm not saying it'll happen. I really, I don't think it will. If it does, but we're hopping the fucking border, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Is my is my point? I'm not surprised by anything. <laughs> by anything. That's a crazy. We'll be doing this podcast from a bunker in Mexico. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> On dialogue. Crossing the border like it's Sicario. Jesus, what's going on? <laughs> this is not how I expected my 2020 to go. No. <laughs> new no. decade, new me. What happened? <laughs> 2020s. Uh, uh. So, Utopia, President's Daughter, in love with Cuervo Jones, this like Che Guevara type revolutionary. She uh, uses an escape pod from Air Force Three, lands in LA to be with Cuervo. She steals the weapon remote to the uh, Sword of Damocles. So Cuervo now has the satellites under his control and he threatens to take back America with the assistance of an allied invasion force of Latin American nations. And I gotta say, I'm on his side. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, take America back from the crazy people. Let's go. Of course, then, you know, we gotta deal with these crazy people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the Russians are out of Cuba, but now we got, now we got Fidel to worry about. Wait, it's crazy everywhere you yeah. turn. Strike that, reverse it. But I don't know, just off time off times in history, the revolutionary is not 
always the answer. Sometimes it just makes shit worse. Yeah. And I'm, I bet this would be one of those times. I don't know. It's tough to pick a side on this one. <laughs> Cuervo th- threatens that if the president tries to stop him, he's going to pull the switch, neutralize the United States. And uh, the capital is now Lynchburg, Virginia, by the way. The president's hometown. God. <laughs> Cuervo knows the secret world code, 666. Ah, what a shocker. It's the kind of thing an idiot would have on his luggage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no one will guess this. Uh, so, there's only one way to get back the remote and utopia. And that's call in Snake Plissken. And he gets, ca- he gets arrested for something else. I don't know what he was trying to rob this time. <laughs> the duty sergeant welcomes Snake to the deportation area. He's going to get sent to L.A. for being undesirable. But he escorts Snake to a vacant room. And a minute later, the president walks in with the police base ca- camp commander, Malloy, and his aide, Brazen, they decide to offer Snake a deal. They tell him this, what's going on. They tell him the situation. He's, you know, he, he gets it. He's been around the block. He remembers this back when it happened in New York. <coughs> Snake's going to go to the island as an exile, retrieve the remote. The president says he will give Snake a full pardon for his crimes uh, if he's successful. Yeah. And I think he was, you know, he's full of shit. He's not going to pardon Snake. The president indicates he doesn't care if Utopia is returned saying she's a traitor, she's dead to him. His own daughter is forfeit. He doesn't give a fuck. All he wants is the remote. Wow. Initially, Snake refuses to get involved, but to ensure his compliance, Malloy tells Snake he was secretly injected with a man-made virus that will kill him in 10 hours unless he gets the remote back. Yeah, here's the antidote if you complete the mission. Snake's fucking, yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. Snake is fucking pissed. This happened to him before. He's like, man. <laughs> <sighs> like, God damn it. Admittedly, though, this time it's on Snake. He needs to be more careful around authority figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. When the president comes to talk to you, don't touch anybody. Yeah, but we need another movie, so, you know, he had to get in trouble again. <laughs> oh, boy. Snake's given a submachine gun, a holographic projector, thermal camouflage overcoat, and a countdown clock that indicates how long he has left to live. Virus works fast, and it kind of comes on like the flu. There's a lot of right now in this movie. <laughs> I know, I know. It is Jesus crazy. Christ. Crazy, yeah. Oh, my God. It, oh, but look, Carpenter is so about, like, you got to watch the movie. Like, you could talk about Halloween for 10 hours, because you can go through each little five-second, you know, bit, and it's like, uh, and then this was happening here on the camera, and this was happening, you know, and this is what's going on in the moment. These are the stakes for everybody. There's always so much, like, going on, but just a little bit of script, you know? It's crazy. It's fucking yeah. crazy. It's it's awesome. And it's even happening in Escape from L.A. As much as, like, it's not as, like, good as Escape from New York, that, like, formula is still there. And that that's John Carpenter, man. That's, like, ah, you gotta love that. Big time. <laughs> so, he tries to shoot Malloy but the first clip was blanks because they knew he yeah. was going to try that shit. Yeah. <laughs> he asked, like, you're not holograms, right? And they're like, no, good. 
He's pissed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Snake seeks, uh, sneaks into the city with a nuclear-powered mini-sub, and that whole scene is pretty uh, pretty cheesy. The mini-sub is uh, ridiculously poorly CGI'd. Yeah. And it was, I read in the trivia that it was the people who were doing that, it was their first time working with CGI technology. Whoa. So they were just kind of winging it. They didn't know what In 1996. To do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he loses it when the unsturdy platform it lands on crumbles. The sub, the sub sinks into the ocean. He's got no way back now. He makes his way across the island, runs into some people, and the, one of them is Map to the Stars Eddie, swindler who makes a living selling interactive tours of L.A., which can't be a high market these days. No. <laughs> uh, Unless you're crazy eyes. <laughs> uh, like, like if he's guiding it, I'm going, you know. <laughs> Snake runs into a knife-wielding skinhead, played by Robert Carradine, <laughs> who uses corpse for target practice. He also runs into Pipeline, Peter Fonda. He's a hippie surfer who surfs the giant tidal waves that hit the coastline. <laughs> Such a weird... Assortment of, of freaks living in this it city. It really is. Snake meets a young woman uh, who directs him to the location of Cuervo Jones. However, they get captured by... <laughs> yeah. The synopsis says mutant people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. And they end up in the former Beverly Hills Hospital. Where they meet the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills. And this is a guy who looks like a Ken doll. He is... His face is completely decked out in plastic surgery. It's Bruce Campbell. And all of his kind of his nurses look like Barbies. It's really disturbing. <laughs> They're just, you know, a, uh, facelift addicts who love to, they uh, they take people's organs and add them to, you know, I need a new eye. I'll take snakes. Ugh, it's creepy. Snake uses a knockout dart hidden in his clothing to subdue the Surgeon General forces his people to release him and the young woman, and then Snake and the woman escape to a junkyard where she reveals her romantic feelings for Snake and is then shot in a gangland shooting. Yeah. Out of fucking nowhere. Snake can't be loved. I thought this was like, you know, our our female protagonist, but nope, gunned down pretty fast. Snake then runs back into a map to the star's Eddie, and this guy's like, oh, I know where to find Cuervo Jones. Why'd you say something? (laughs) And then... Of course, once you know, once Eddie gets an opportunity, he betrays Snake. Snake gets, he gets captured, but Snake's starting to feel like shit. The virus is starting to kick in. He gets brought to the former LA arena where he's. This was insane. Forced to play basketball, he has to get five two point basket shots within ten seconds of each other. If he misses, they kill him. <laughs> he gets all five shots, including a freaking full court shot. Which Kurt Russell really did. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> that challenge is so weird. Like, all right, you got 10 seconds. So you got to get the ball and make it five times from anywhere. Like for, from, can I do it from like right up here? Like right next to the basket? I don't know. That scene is. Yeah. You got to do that one. Then run down the court. Then do that one. And then that one. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't be taking risky shots if I was in that situation. Hell no. But, you know, snake snake, time, snake, though. And he just lobs that fucking rock. The latch, yeah. And Bang. And Kurt made all five shots. He yeah. was insistent. He really yeah. wanted to do that for real. I bet Snake was... A, I, I bet Kurt Russell was a great athlete in his day. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Dude, this guy could do anything. Yeah. I bet he was a stellar football <laughs> player. Great. He'd probably play hockey really well. Well, he's the coach of Miracle, so you know. If you told me Kurt Russell was like... 
Zeus come down to just kind of, you know, be a human badass for a while, I'd be like, okay, yeah, of course, why not? Yeah. I I love Kurt Russell to death. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Every movie he's made, he's been fucking gold. <laughs> oh my God. So, nobody expected him to win. So they're all kind of like, what do we do with this guy? And then while they're kind of de- uh, deliberating, Snake escapes from the arena when an aftershock earthquake hits, gets away with some help from Pipeline, shows him how to surf the tsunami waves that wash over the area. And that is where the film kind of lost me. Because I didn't need to see Kurt Russell and Peter Fonda surfing a tidal wave through L.A. It's really out of place. The CGI is fucking terrible. But that sentence, Kurt Russell and and Fonda, (laughs) you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's the producers are like, yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> got to put that in there. And Carpenter's like, I'll Who's give I- you, I'll give you this one. <laughs> Whose idea do you think that was? I bet it was Kurt Russell's. I bet he's Probably. like, I want to surf with Peter Fonda. <laughs> okay. Just fine. give me that, John. Just give me that. <laughs> mm. So snake ends up hiding out on board. The former queen Mary cruise ship located in Long Beach, where he meets local gang leader Hershey Las Palmas. Pam Greer. And uh, used to, he used to be Bill Carjack Malone. She's a transsexual, former accomplice of Snake from Cleveland. And uh, after Hershey found out about this operation, the black, to get the remote, she decides to help Snake attack Cuervo Jones. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty awesome. They commandeer hang gliders and fly to Cuervo's staging area. They have the most ridiculous modes of transportation. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love that, though. I thought that was great. See, like, that that should be in Fast and Furious. Fucking hang gliders and shit. <laughs> so, Snake and Hershey's men land at the former amusement park Happy Kingdom by the Sea. Big old gung battle. And uh, Cuervo is defeated, he gets, most of his men get gunned down, and Snake gets a hold of the remote control. Eddie appears again, offers his help to Snake, apparently he's a double agent, he, you know, he serves whoever's gonna win. Yeah. Makes sense in this world. Snake steals a police helicopter that lands and grabs Utopia as they fly away along with Eddie and Hershey, and uh, Cuervo fires a rocket at the chopper, damaging the chopper, kills Hershey and her men. Damn. Eddie manages to shoot and kill Cuervo. <laughs> but he falls out of the helicopter. <laughs> he lands on the ground unharmed, but now Cuervo's men are going to rip him apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, Snake manages to fly the damaged chopper to the mainland where he and Utopia abandon the chopper before it crashes. Utopia, by the way, through all this, is kind of like, you know, I thought he loved me. <laughs> Not, not, not the time for daddy issues. God damn it. Ugh. Commander Malloy, the president, appear with a bunch of soldiers. Snake hands off the wrong remote to the president, gives him a holographic projector, I think. And, uh, and then Utopia is taken to the electric chair for execution, for treason, despite her pleas for forgiveness. Snake is relieved but then finds out the timer for his life was fake and there is no virus. <laughs> it was Classic. just a it was just a case of the flu just to keep him on his toes. 
And now he's super pissed. Feels like the government betrayed him because they fucking did. Yeah. The president, who thinks he has control of the satellites, threatens to use it to try to stop a Cuban invasion invasion force, threatening to take out Florida. And Go for it, man. Activating the remote, the president hears only Eddie, uh, his Map to the Stars intro over the song I Love L.A. by Randy Newman. <laughs> oh, boy. Who has the remote? Snake Plissken has the remote. And in anger, the president orders Snake to be executed, but Snake is using his hologram projector, and they shoot fake Snake. And then he activates the remote, enters the world code. Everyone's pleading him, don't do this. And the satellites activate the EMP weapons at the entire world, annihilating every piece of electronics in the entire planet. And what does he say? Welcome to the human race. <laughs> Throws the remote aside, lights up a smoke, walks into the darkness like a goddamn yeah, badass. Yeah. I mean, it literally fades to black. Like, so cool. So badass. <laughs> Credits start rolling. Music playing. Perfect. Welcome to the human race. It's such a great line. Yeah, it really is. Fuck. Welcome to the human race. Yeah. And uh, the cigarette box is uh, American Spirits, and that's actually the, the uh, cigarette my uncle smoked for the longest time when he, when he still smoked. Yeah. And I always wondered, like, why American Spirits? Now I fucking know. It's Snake's cigarette. American, <laughs> American Spirits are always have always been, like, um, yeah, something. I, I used to smoke them, too. I smoke Marlboro Red Shorts these days, but I used to smoke American Spirit as well. They're a little expensive these days, but they are in like a lot of pop culture, including uh, a, a lot of a lot of David Lynch stuff. They'll use American Spirits. One of my favorite rappers, rest in peace, Mac Miller, has a big old American Spirit tattoo on his chest. You know, it seems like it's something in the like movie and music industry a lot that you see pop up. I don't know because they're they're like the non additive. I don't know. They're yeah, they're like. I don't want to say organic cigarettes. But, yeah, uh, yeah. In that vein, I guess they're cleaner. Yes. Yeah. Like less chemicals, they say. I don't know. So, I mean, how much? It's still a cigarette. Oh, it's still horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's still horrible for you. Yeah. You're still yeah. lighting your lungs up. That fire. definitely makes sense that Sean would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. It ends on a big old cliffhanger that we're never going to get resolution for. But the original third film that Carpenter had planned was Escape from Earth, where the rich had a backup plan. They were gonna they made giant ships that are gonna get them off planet, and Snake tries to sneak his way onto one of these ships. I mean, God, how, that'd be so badass! I would want that movie so much. Me too. And especially, it would make sense you could do that now because it would have taken them like you know 15, 20 years to you know build these ships without technology. It's the like it's the proper amount of time, yeah. What a shame, because I think this movie has potential, but it's really goofy. Yeah, and and you know, I we or I, I definitely say a lot that I want like I want originality and new stories, new characters. But in if we're gonna do this remake everything, I would like to see some things made for like us for fans like us. Yeah. Not just the Lion King and all that, you know? It'd be it'd be really cool to get a third installment, because Kurt Russell could totally do it. Uh, Car- Carpenter clearly uh, approved of what was going on in Halloween. I just it'd be cool. It'd well, be currently awesome. uh, they've been trying to do Escape from New York again for yeah. years. Yeah. Currently, Lee Winnell is attached to it after the Invisible Man success. That would be wonderful. He's the guy attached to it right now. I'm in on that. And I, mm, he's an interesting take. That's yeah. for sure. 
he definitely has proven he can remake uh, classic stories with care. With and his, dude, his action, action sequences? Come on, man. Yeah, I'll give you dude, that. Yeah. With Snake? Oh, okay. dude. Who's a name these because, days? Because, yeah, the, 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 the choreography and upgrade is fucking insane. Yeah. Do you think maybe uh, Logan Marshall Green for Snake? We're not doing Kurt Russell? I want Kurt Russell. Well, how, okay, how about, well, they would, what they would do is have, like, a new, like, not Snake, but, like, Kurt Russell would be there, right? Well, the way I, the he way just wouldn't, I think he wouldn't be the main character, kind of like Blade Runner, the newest Blade Runner. I know you didn't see it, but well, the way I like think Harrison Ford it, shows up at one point. I think Snake Plissken will still be the main character. It won't be Kurt Russell because the studio won't want to gamble on him because they don't fucking forget, they don't forgive, and they'll cast somebody new. I, I want them to keep Kurt Russell involved. I want him to play the president or the Duke of New York or Cabby, somebody. But um, if we're talking, like if we're talking now. Like actors working today to play Snake Plissken, who who jumps out? Oh man! See, this is this is something I've always complained about with like actors right now, male actors. There's not enough grit. There's not enough uh, of the natural, like Marlon Brando, natural like male charisma you know what i mean you know i think like who, who who's as like if he puts, i don't just want to say brad pitt if he puts on some if he puts on some bulk and grows his hair out i can maybe see aaron paul hmm. that's an interesting yeah I, that's tom, interesting tom hardy i could see him i think he's probably one of your best bets he's as far that. as like he he's gonna do fine he's gonna be fine because, yeah, he can grow, he can do a little beard, a little scruff. He's got grit with him. He could do the hair, yeah. He could, and he could easily do something like an eye patch, you know? Like, he, he could do that. And he's got that. I mean, like, look what he did with Bane, you know? He could do that structure. Um, you hear me out on this one. This okay. would be a different kind of age. He'd be older. But, like, what about um, a middle ground between, you know, not, not all the way Batman, but Christian Bale? Christian Bale kind of taking on. I mean, obviously he could definitely do the hair, but again, he'd be a little too old. I think, you know, I think you need to go a little, little younger. Yeah, if you're, you're going to do old snake, just Kurt Russell. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Christian Bale's not that much younger than Kurt Russell. So yeah, you probably need to go a little young, which is why like the Aaron Paul range is probably the best. Like in their mid thirties to 40. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal is in that range, Ryan Gosling, guys like that. But it's hard because those guys are so good at being like pretty and, Snake is very much, you know, he didn't give a fuck what he looks like. No, and it's not really like an act, actor's perform, you know, role. It's just like a you gotta have it. You gotta have like the the, the mode, the figure. It's it really not is, everybody can do it. It's the role that I only ever will see Kurt Russell as. I don't see anybody else doing it. Maybe I, maybe someone like random. Maybe someone we're not even thinking of. You know, they do that sometimes. You know, they'll have. Yeah. I just I I have a very hard time seeing anyone else putting that outfit on. And, and doing the whole, like, got a cigarette, you know, all that stuff, you know. Call me to be Because it's not just, you know, wearing an eye patch and being a badass. You've got to reflect this complete lack of respect for authority. This yes. complete, you know, devil may care, fuck the world mentality mm-hmm. that a lot of actors can't do. That's mainly my point, yeah. I kind of said it in a roundabout way. <laughs> yeah. Snake has no loyalty. 
He has he doesn't give a shit about anybody he's but not, himself. He's not redeemable. Like he's not. You shouldn't like him. He's not a. Know? He's a criminal. Yeah. He's not a hero. Yeah. You shouldn't. I like mean, what he does. It's cool that he wipes out the world's electronics, but he probably he killed a lot of people when he did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you forget about these parts of Snake. It's a very defining part of his personality. Is he's not a hero. He's an anti-hero. Yeah. And I, you need somebody who can balance that. And Kurt balanced that so well that stepping into those shoes is impossible. Yeah. Damn near impossible. You're right. I agree. <laughs> what, do, what score do you give this movie? I get this honestly a six. I give it a seven. Yeah. It's, it's right. Yeah, it's right. Six, seven. Yeah, it's in that range of just like, it's, it's fine. No, it's it's fine. never going to be Escape from New York. No. no. It, it, it mirrors the film too, too, well, too, like too much. Yeah. They didn't try Carpenter didn't really try to get original with this. He just like took the beats and threw them into this. Yeah. But I like the uh, the world it creates. I like the idea of an yes. evangelical president who took over the world. And uh, and then Snake. And then Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Always Snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything to add? No, not necessarily. I uh, just um, encourage people to to go back and watch this one because it is it's a very fun ride. Um, is it is it on anything right now? It's not. You got to get the DVD. Yeah, yeah. Either got to rent it or DVD. Yeah, that's tough. I had the DVD, so it was easy for yeah. us to do. But yeah, I, I assume most you know Carpenter fans, if you know they're out, you know the ones that are out there have have seen it just because that's what you do when you're a Carpenter fan is kind of watch it all. Uh, we obviously intend on doing all of his films yeah. at some point, so this had to be done at some point. I've still got a lot of Carpenter to watch. There's a few I haven't seen. Me too. I've never seen Vampires. Yeah. Uh, Prince of Darkness. Fog. Yep, The Fog. They Live. I haven't seen that. I've seen They Live. That's a fun fucking movie. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that one. It's got one of my all-time favorite movie quotes ever. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of (laughs) bubblegum. What year is that? 87, I want to say. Okay. In Days and Confused, there's a scene where a character is like, uh, I came here to, you know, drink some beers and kick some ass. Looks like we're all out of beer, man. Yeah. So it's just like a classic. They Live created that setup line. That's awesome. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper playing this, like, this dude who realizes that a lot of the people around him are actually aliens in disguise. Perfect. Takes it upon himself to kill these motherfuckers. (laughs) It's insane, dude. Love it. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Yeah, but his movie's are so unique in their execution. Even the bad ones are like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like, yeah. In the mouth of madness. I'm not a particularly a fan of, it's a weird movie. It's an acquired taste, but it's a unique ride. Yeah. And, uh, one of those I'd, I'd be happy to revisit. You're not going to be bored. No, you'll never be bored with Carpenter. Yeah. And, uh, escape from LA is just one of those that kind of falls under the radar. Cause the rest of his work is so good. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, I, that's all I got to say about that. Yes, sir. Escape from LA. We got a special one coming on Sunday. Yep. Y'all be ready. Be on the lookout for it. And then next week, we're coming at you with The Cell, a film that we have not yet seen. I'm sure we'll be... Well, it'll. I hope it's good. <laughs> of all the, should, should be good. Of all the films we've done on this podcast, The Cell is certainly one of them. That's, I don't know that's what else to say about right, it. That's yeah. all I got right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Regardless, we'll have something to talk about. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So stay safe out there, stay inside, and we will see you Sunday. Peace. Mm